welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs, coming to you live from the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the vituperative Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. How are you, Tommy? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? So far, so good. Excellent. Yeah. Vituperative? Vituperative. Okay, what does that mean? You'll have to go look it up there, won't you? Vituperative. Vituperative. Probably means this is old bag of old man juice. <laughs> I'm not sure they have a word for that description. Okay. <laughs> so, so what are we doing? What's going on? What's the plan? Well, we're in day 39 of this calendar year. Day 39? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like the temperature. Yeah, exactly. And um, nothing else really too new, you know. It's All been, right. uh, it's February, so I hate this month, actually. Yeah, a lot well, of people hate February. Yeah, we'll get into more of that later, so. But yeah, it's been like a quiet month, you know, the show ended and everything, so I've had like nothing going on, except, well, work's been picking up. That's been about okay, it. Okay, that's good. So that's always a good thing. Okay. And anything new with you? No. No, nothing? No, no, nothing. Later that same day. I know, right? We lead such dull lives right now. Boring lives. But it's February. That's why. February is a dull month. No, I don't <laughs> think that's it at all. No, you don't? No. What do you think it is? Well, I'm just as boring in June. <laughs> yes, but there's more color to your face then. No, there really, there really is. Even if there's no more color to your hair. You've seen me at the <laughs> fire. <gasps> Oh my God! I'm getting. This is the sound of me not getting up and storming out, but really wanting to. <laughs> Shall we move on to our first segment of the day? Sure. Which, of course, is heavy petting. Heavy petting. And today we're talking about, of course, dog days of February. I've never heard of that before. Well, you've heard of it now. It's ridiculous. Well, it is totally ridiculous. Until recent, until like, actually till today, we've had a really bad cold spell here in New York and on Long Island. And I didn't take my dog out for a walk at all during this kind of weather. Did you go out and walk your dog, Tommy? Twice a day. Really? Even in the, like, sub-zero? Well, not sub-zero, but freezing temperatures below 32 degrees? If the dog has to piss or shit, he has to go out. I don't have a yard. I can't let him into a yard. That's true. You don't have a yard that you can let your dog out into. He must be walked. Okay. Because we have a yard, thank God, that we can let Abigail use. But she's such a small little thing, and these cold temperatures are not good for her paws or anything. So we, basically, today was the first day I took her out for a nice long walk, and she loved it. And you can tell what a difference in her, her attitude. She's just, you know, she got to go outside for a long period of time. They like being outside. Yes, they do. But got to be careful on those cold days, too. So what are the dog days of February? Well, I was going to ask, do, your do-, do, you do-, do you think dogs get seasonal affective disorder like humans do? No, maybe. But I think what a dog does is respond to his environment. True. So if the people around him are happy and bubbly and bursting with joy, he will be. Yes. And if the people around him are sad and depressed, and he will still be happy and bubbly and bursting with joy. That makes perfect sense, right? Definitely. Yeah. That's that's my thoughts on the matter. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm not sure what the matter was anymore. Like, should I expand? <laughs> should I expound? You can expand or expound as much as you'd like. Okay, we'll see when I remember the topic. <laughs> well, there's really not, not really too much more to discuss. I mean, you said February, is, it's a bad month for humans and for dogs. Uh, it's a bad month for everybody. Right? It's just, it's one of those months. February. Yes. What does it mean, February? I don't know what the... Aren't they all named after... I don't know the etymology of the word February. Because you got your sun, 
Right? You have your, well, those are the days of the week. Yes, Sunday. Oh, and the months of the year don't follow the same sort of... No, they don't. They're, they're, they're not gods? No, well, the days of the week are follow January. more, they follow more the Norse gods, and March. the months seem to follow, follow more the Roman figures and gods. April. I don't know about April, but June and July and August are all, are all named for the Caesars, I believe. Uh, July, June, July, and August. Yeah. 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 Bastards. <laughs> anyway, we'll now move on to our next topic, which, of course, is your favorite, today's birthdays. All right. Hit me. Well, as you know, it's been we've been observing Black History Month. We have. And so every day on our Facebook feed and on our Twitter feed... I have been posting famous African-Americans who coincidentally had birthdays on those particular days. So, so far we've posted about uh, pianist and composer U.B. Blake, a communist organizer named Harry Haywood, uh, baseball player Hank Aaron, uh, Dr. Virginia Alexander, an educator named Charles Henry Turner, a golfer named Pete Brown, and poet Langston Hughes. Why'd you call that first guy a penis? <laughs> I didn't say his penis. You did. You absolutely did. I don't know where you got penis from. <laughs> Who was the first guy on that list? U.B. Blake. How did you describe him? Pianist and composer. Oh, oh, excuse me. Penis composer. Yes. Okay. I think, I think penis that. composer, U.B. Blake. <laughs> I think enunciation when you're on the radio. I I'll people, see what I can do, okay? People can't see your, your face. Fuck. <laughs> For which, by the way, you should all be grateful. Mm. But today, in honor of Black History Month, we are going to observe and say happy birthday, his happy 79th birthday, to scientist and inventor Valerie Thomas. Oh. Born on this day in she's 1943. Yep, and she's still alive. Yes, she is, is a NASA. She invented and then later copyrighted the illusion transmitter in 1980, which allows for the transmission of optical illusion images. Wait, that's like. Absolutely Star trek again. Well, that's more than that. It's now, it's today, it's now, it's modern. So, are you talking about, like, throwing an image out into space and and letting and it be visible as that image? Or is it, like, images coming back to Earth, like satellite imagery? That uses this technology. Got it. And it's also being adapted for use in surgery now, as well as for use in television and video screens. Okay. All so, right. happy birthday to Valerie Thomas. Happy birthday, Val. We now go on to the dead people birthdays. The dead people birthdays. <laughs> I knew that that was too much of a cloud. I knew you'd be very unhappy if we didn't have a few corpses laying around, you know? Gotta have something to chew on on those down moments. <laughs> Our first one is a French novelist. Poet and playwright. Oh, yeah, right in my real box right here. He was born February 8th, 1828. He wrote fiction as well as nonfiction, as well as poetry and plays. But he is best known for a collection of 54 adventure novels known as the Voyage Extraordinaire or Extraordinary Journeys, published between 1863 and 1905. The goal of these of this collection was to quote unquote outline all the geographical geological, physical, historical, and astronomical knowledge amassed by modern science, and to recount in an entertaining and picturesque format the history of the universe. Okay. So he laid out quite a task for himself. Lofty goals indeed. Yep. And how did he do? Well, the first of these novels was, called, was published in 1863. It was called Five Weeks in a Balloon. Okay. Later titles included 1864's Journey to the Center of the Earth, 
1870s, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and 1873s Around the World in 80 Days. So, if it's not H.G. Wells, it's the other guy. And who, do you know what his name is? The other guy? Oh, keep reading. He, like, it's very funny that you mention H.G. Wells, because he also, along with H.G. Wells, is considered a father of science fiction, although in Europe he's better known for his other works, aside from the titles that I just read. He is the second most translated author in the world, behind William Shakespeare and Agatha Christie, and, ah. the, most, and the most translated French author. In his lifetime, he was looked down upon by literary societies being a mere storyteller, but his reputation was reevaluated after his death. His novels had a reputation for predicting future technology and progress. In 18, I'm sorry, in 1989, this writer's great-grandson discovered an unpublished 1863 novel that was then published in 1994 called Paris in the 20th Century. It's a dystopian novel set in 1960, where society places value only on business and technology. Uh-oh. It predicted cars automated by internal combustion engines, gas stations, paved roads, subway trains, trains powered by magnetism and compressed air, electric lights covering a whole city, fax machines, elevators, computers linked to a communication network like the internet, the use of wind power remote-controlled weapon systems, and automated security systems. That's Nostradamus. No, this is all from this book. It also predicted the invention of the synthesizer and electronic music, and predicted that live musical performances would be replaced by a recording industry. It also said that entertainment would be dominated by lewd plays containing nudity and sex scenes. Thank God he was right. H.G. <laughs> Wells. Nope, nope, nope. It's the other guy. It's the other guy. Fuck. Do you want his Do you want his initials? Uh, you could try. J V. Oh, Jules Verne. Jules Verne is correct. Very good. Even though it only took you my giving you his initials to finally get it. Well, Jeez. I got I got the Jules Verne. <laughs> but he died in March of 1905. He suffered from chronic diabetes and had a recent stroke before his death. Oh. But happy birthday to Jules Verne. Happy birthday, Julie. Our next dead person with a birthday today is born February 8th, 1931. He was born in Marion, Indiana, the son of a farmer. His family moved to Santa Monica, California when he was six. At age nine, his mother died of uterine cancer. Oh, dear. And he was sent to live with his aunt and uncle on their farm in Indiana. Oh, God. There, he became friendly with the local Methodist pastor. What who did his father do? Like, I, his father's just like, so So the woman dies, mm -hmm. and this man takes this nine-year-old child and ships it off to a farm yes. with an aunt and uncle. Yes. And what does he do then? I don't know. All right. I wasn't really too concerned about him. But he soon became friendly. Really? Because to me, that's where the story is. Well, there's more to the story. All right. He soon became friendly with the local Methodist pastor and, uh, out in Indiana, who, depending on who told the story, either sexually abused this man or had a relationship with him. Upon graduating high school, he moved back to California and attended UCLA, where he studied first pre-law and then drama. He also studied acting under actor James Whitmore. He dropped out of UCLA in 1951 to pursue a full-time acting career. And how'd that go for him? Well, he was working as a parking lot attendant when he met Rogers Brackett, a radio director for an advertising agency who basically gave him professional advice 
opened doors for him and gave him a place to live. They uh, all, they also had a sexual relationship. Well, yeah. But Brackett was responsible for getting him a starring role on Broadway in a play called See the Jaguar. Oh. Eventually, this actor moved back to New York City and studied acting under Lee Strasberg at the Actors Studio. In 1954, this actor was cast by director Elia Kazan in the film East of Eden, for which he was nominated for the Best Actor Oscar in 1955. Okay, so wait. If it's not James Dean or what's his name, the, the Godfather, I love him. What's his name? The guy who... Brando? Brando. Okay. Then it must be... Then it must be... I forgot... Well, you said you said his name right the first time, James Dean. James Dean? You're talking about James Dean? Yes, I okay. am. My third option was going to be Rock Hudson. Okay. Okay. Well, he was in that same wheelhouse of, you know, time, so. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't know if he ever studied under Lee Strasberg at all. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. But Dean did. And Dean, Dean also then made, of course, two other films, famously, uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Which he was in with my... That was with Sal Minio and... Uh, uh, Sal is my husband. And Natalie uh, Wood. Natalie Wood. Yep. And then he was also in the film Giant with Rock Hudson and Liz Taylor, for which he was also nominated for a Best Actor Oscar. His death um, occurred when he was driving his Porsche, and he swerved when an oncoming vehicle made a left turn in front of him. He collided with the vehicle, and he suffered a broken neck and other fatal injuries and was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. And what happened to the guy in the other car? Uh, he was fine. Yeah. So, okay. Another person who was in the car with Dean, I know, was totally thrown out of the vehicle, but Dean wasn't. That's sad. Yeah. Very short, short, sad ending, you know, short life. He was hot, though. God damn, was he hot. Right? And then people, you know, that the whole thing is like, you know, was he gay? Was he bi? And from what I was reading, people say he would basically seek with whoever could get him further next, to where he yeah. wanted to go. So, yeah, if you want to say he was bi, he was bi then, you know? You know he you you know he and Salminio more than likely of course. So Salminio we know is gay, so that wouldn't surprise us. Totally adorable at that time. Mm hmm. Yes, he was. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Happy birthday, James. Happy birthday, James Dean. And this concludes our birthday segment. We now really? we now move on to today in history. Okay. February eighth. February eighth, nineteen seventy six. Yes. What happened on that day? I don't know. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me something. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, today, on February 8th, 2007, this show opened up off-Broadway. It starred Karen Olivo, Robin De Jesus, Christopher Jackson, Andrea Burns, Priscilla Lopez, Mandy Gonzalez, and someone named Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I saw that show. What show was it? It was In the Heights. In the Heights is correct. Yeah, I love that. I love Both Broadway premiere was today, 2007. That's amazing. 2007. Yep. It's amazing. 15 years ago, right? It's crazy. Yeah, very crazy. That's crazy. And then the other event today in history is an, a tragic event. You know how, you, you, you've heard of the Kent State Massacre, correct? Of course. And that was a shooting that happened at a university and everything. Yeah, it was awful. And that happened in 1970. Well, in 1968, there was another shooting on a college campus. Okay. But no one ever hears about it. It's known as the Orangeburg Massacre. And it occurred on a uh, campus that was a primarily black college in South Carolina. And what had happened was, in this town, a few of the facilities were still segregated. I think the hospital was, something else. And the bowling alley, the town's bowling alley, 
This is in the town of Orangeburg, South Carolina. So on February 5th, I guess one or two black people showed up and they said, sorry, no black people allowed in here. It's segregated. And then on February 6th or 7th, then more people showed up and there were some altercations with the police. And then on the night of February 8th, the students in a protest started a bonfire on the campus of South Carolina State University, which was a predominantly black college. As police and firefighters were putting out the fires, one of the officers was hit by a wooden banister that was taken from some building and th- was being thrown probably into the bonfire and it hit him. So shortly after that happened then, the South Carolina Highway Patrol officers began firing to the crowd of 200 protesters. Eight patrol officers fired carbines, shotguns, and revolvers for around 10 to 15 seconds. Oh, God. Most were shot in the back as they ran away. Well. Afterwards, nine officers were arrested by the fe- by federal authorities, and they were charged with excessive force at a campus protest. Really? Their defense was that they felt that they were in danger, danger. and were fired upon first by the protesters. Right. But despite the testimony of 36 witnesses, there was no evidence that the protesters were armed or fired any weapons, or although objects were thrown, but no weapons of any kind. Maybe not surprisingly, all the cops were acquitted. Okay. But that doesn't mean someone didn't go, for, for, go to jail in relation to this. There was an activist named Cleveland Sellers, and he showed up at the, I guess, at the bonfire and massacre sometime afterwards. He's not a part of the original crowd of it. But he ends up getting arrested for not dispersing when ordered to from one of the earlier protests, either the, the, the night or two before. So they arrest him. He's sentenced to a jail, uh, to, to a year in jail, for which he served seven months. 25 years later, the governor of South Carolina issues him a pardon, but he chose not to have his record expunged, saying he's carrying it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different kind of strength. But like I said, this is another, like, we've never heard of the Tulsa Massacre, most of us, until we had to watch a freaking HBO series called The Watchmen to learn what the Tulsa Massacre was about. Yeah, well, that's just shameful. And right? That's... that's Imagine what American history is going to look like if the people who are trying to get the power to control it and to write it get the power to control it and to write right? it. Right? I know. And that's that's the whole problem going on now. But as I said, in this instance, when three people were killed, 27 were injured. And like I said, no one ever hears about this. No. Never hears about this. No. Of course, 1968 was a very volatile year going on. You had Martin Luther King's assassination. You had Robert F. Kennedy's assassination. And there was yeah. a lot going on. You had the Democratic National Convention with all that um, violence and rioting going on. And still, you had to do your laundry, get your kids to school, make dinner. But it's a shame. This is another instance of African-American history getting pushed under the carpet, you know? Yes, it is. Yep. It is that. We now turn to what day is it? And in honor of our growing number of Indian listeners, we're going to acknowledge that today is Proposed Day in India. Spell it. P-R-O-P-O-S-E. Is that like wedding proposal? Exactly. Okay. It seems that in India, they celebrate Valentine's Week from February 7th to the 14th. Oh, I wouldn't like that. And there's a different assignation to each day. The first day is called Rose Day. The second day is Proposal Day, followed by Chocolate Day, Teddy Day, Promise Day, Hug Day, and Kiss Day. Yep, that's the last one, Kiss Day. So, you gotta get engaged on the second day. (laughs) 
and you don't get hugged till the fifth date, sixth date. <laughs> the sixth date. And then you don't kiss until the seventh date. Yeah. Is the seventh date Valentine's Day? Yes, it is. But in the meantime, he's got to give her gifts. Yo, he's got to give her chocolate, chocolate and teddy, teddy bear. And he's got to give her... A promise. A promise. A promise. That sounds fucked up. I, that's, that's suspicious to me. Well, I've also been reading about how some Indians don't like this whole ideal of celebrating Valentine's Week or Valentine's Day. They see it as a Western tradition that is tainting Indian culture. Well, it certainly is based... The, the character comes from the Christian Bible. Well, the character saying Valentine's, yes, is a Christian character. Right. So, you know, it, it's kind of odd to picture it happening over there anyway. Except for the Americanized... Well, I mean, don't forget, it was under British rule for many years, but That's but true. it only seems to have come in vogue in the last 30 years, from what I've been reading about this. Oh, those goddamn kids. <laughs> right? Those kids. What do they know? Fucking with everything. Yeah. Now they going to St. Valentine's Day to the Indians, who were perfectly happy with their cows. Right? Now they got to go buying chocolate and teddy bears. That's, that's, that's the legacy of colonization. Yep. St. Valentine's Day. St. Valentine's Week. Those four, those poor fucks. Right. St. Valentine's Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, happy... Uh, happy Valentine's yeah. Week and happy Proposed Day to all you Indian Enjoy listeners out there. there. You poor sons of bitches. <laughs> we now turn on to our next segment, Turn Your Head and Cough. And you'll be happy to know, Thomas... We have news concerning testicles. Oh, we do we? <laughs> yes, we do. It's not uncomfortable, creepy news concerning testicles, is it? Well, let's, I'll let you decide that after oh, you hear the this story. Is gonna be bad. <laughs> a, a one study performed at the University Hospital's Cleveland Medical Center found that COVID survivors may develop short and long-term sexual and reproductive health issues, including erectile dysfunction. COVID has been detected in the testicle area, so it could affect how well your testicles can work, which means it can affect both sperm production and testosterone production. They are not sure of the link, but they said that several factors could lead to the onset of erectile dysfunction after COVID. They said that one factor is that the virus causes issues in the body's blood vessels and causes a high level of, inf of inflammation. And a high level of inflammation can cause small blood clots to form, as well as inflammation of the lining of the blood vessels. Those two features can then combine to disrupt blood flow, which is important for achieving an erection. Oh. And other things blood flow is responsible for maintaining. Like, it's not just your heart on. Oh, of course not. Like, your fucking brain needs the blood to be flowing. Yes, it does. So let's put things in perspective. Of course. All right, so here's my... But you had complained last week that you thought there would be some kind of news involving the gonad area, so oh, I figured... I? Yes, you did. Oh, that sounds like me, but... Yeah, so I figured I'd include this little article about testicles. And okay, COVID. awesome. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love you some testicles. But here's my thing. Is there any foreign sort of agent in your body, whether it's, you know, COVID or AIDS or cancer or whatever it is, doesn't it affect all of the systems? Wouldn't you expect it to affect everything? I would think it would, yes. Of course it would, right? Uh, you know, especially your blood Well, we things. know with this, this, virus, this particular virus, it seems to primarily attack the lungs and the whole pulmonary system. Well, well that's, that's what was killing people. Yes. 
Okay, so in the meantime, it's on the DL attacking everybody's balls. Well, we also know it's been causing other problems, you know, with the, the smell and the taste. Past. Yeah, other people are still experiencing long-term, long-term or short-term COVID. reactions. Yeah, no, this, is, this thing is no joke. And, it, and you would expect that it affected all of the systems in the body. Yeah. So, so this was not creepy and disgusting. <laughs> I didn't know about the study, but I'm not surprised that it happened or the results of it. And thank you for 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 today in testicles. <laughs> My pleasure. That would be good. We could have like, like a, a segment called today in testicles or testicular news. <laughs> Uh, we but there may not there. always be testicular news There's in the news. news. And I don't like the word testicular. I think we got to do something raunchy and gross. We can always call it House Tommy's Balls today. And then we can no. ask you about yours. No. No? No. no. Um, I, I'm not adverse to including the sack. Uh, you know, what's happening in your sack or, or news from your sack or something like that. Oh, my God. I'll talk to my producer and see have what be, he can do. It doesn't have to be every week. Oh, God, I hope not. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not like birthdays. We now move on to our next uh, topic, under Turn Your Head and Cough. You know, we were talking about February and how people get seasonal defective or a seasonal affective disorder. I was looking at an article on the allwomenstalk.com website called How to Beat the February Doldrums. Okay, and what do they advise? Number one... Take a vacation. <laughs> you girls. Take, Take a, a vacation. vacation. Right? I don't feel so well today. Wow, I feel blue today. Hello, Aruba? Can I come? <laughs> Easy enough, right? Just uh, get up and take a vacation. I can't think of anybody I know who couldn't just Big do sign. exactly that. Right? <laughs> Number two. Decorate for Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> do you decorate for Valentine's Day, Thomas? Okay, so what I'm what I'm thinking is so filthy and so disgusting that I I'm editing myself as we speak. So I'm not I'm gonna let that one pass with, okay. a, with a polite no. Okay, we actually do have some Valentine's decorations, not many. And why is that? Because they just accumulated somehow, no, you know. No, and why did they accumulate? Because we accumulated them. You have a Valentine. <laughs> well, of course, yes. But the celebration of love doesn't mean about a specific love of someone. Well, of course, yes. <laughs> is there a problem with my answer? No, no, no. There is no problem with your answer. In that case, I'm going to move on to the third suggestion on how to beat the February doldrums. You feel your ass is on fire a little bit, don't you? <laughs> it's why I'm moving on. Number three is scrapbooking. Hmm. Have you ever scrapbooked? No, but I will say that I have a huge, uh, like, Rubbermaid packing crate with the lid. Okay. You know, of pictures. Okay. That need to be in books. Yeah, I mean, I did it when I was younger, like, maybe like, probably like nine or ten. I did a scrapbook. It's mostly photographs. It's fo- it's yeah. Like, I might as well just done a photo album, and then you know? You could, yeah, 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 yeah. But see, here's the thing. I don't like, I wouldn't go scrapbooking and, like, put a picture of, of me and and then put hearts and uh, you know I wouldn't uh, write in the margins no no the pictures got to be in the foil so one on top of the other the kind of thing got to be you know regimented and yeah I'm not writing any thoughts <laughs> look at the fucking picture turn the page the number four suggestion start a new hobby okay well that's I think that that's that's good advice yeah. 
Well, I have enough hobbies. Oh, I have, we have our we have our dance class on the weekends. I think you should start it. You know, and the, well, I do. We have the acting. You know, I think you you I should be collecting thimbles. Oh, I collect frogs. Isn't that enough? No, you need to collect thimbles from all the places that you're going. I, that's what I do with my frog collection. All the things that they're you all see. my frogs from different places. I'll come been. up with something else. <laughs> the number five suggestion is cook. I could see you on a big wheel riding up and down the block. <laughs> I had to show my legs are short enough to still do it. I'm, I'm sure, yeah. But the number, the number five suggestion is cooking. I, I think this is a good one. Yes, I think so too. Uh, I enjoy cooking. I, I despise shopping. I think everyone does. So, so that is a problem. Yes. Uh, yeah, but if it's in the house, I'll cook it. The number seven suggestion is. I'm sorry. The number six suggestion is exercise. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Well, no. if you do all that cooking, you're going to have to do some exercising. I'll plie as I <laughs> saute. <laughs> That's going to have to be on a T-shirt. That would be good on a T-shirt, yeah, for old fat dancers. I plie when I saute. <laughs> I'm sure I could come up with more. Merch! We got the merch! <laughs> Go ahead. Our final suggestion for beating the February doldrums is... Take creative pictures. Okay. <laughs> you know, not for nothing, but everybody has a camera. Yes, all, everybody has a camera all the time. You don't have to wait to see the results of the photograph, and uh, you can delete <coughs> it from the universe if you don't like it immediately. Yep. So it takes no resources. It takes up no, like, literal footprint the photograph itself, uh, it's a JPEG image, so it can be just be deleted from the world's computers. And, and you know, of course, it never is. But right. I don't have to look at it on one of you don't like it. So, I, I like the idea of taking pictures. I like to take pictures, though. Yes, so, you do. So, um, yeah, I like the idea of, of everybody having a camera. I think that's pretty cool. Me too. I just wish they'd stop taking pictures of their food. I don't like the pictures of their food. But on the other hand, it's interesting because I don't eat a lot of food. I mean, I eat a lot of food, but I don't. That's eat, obvious. I don't. I don't eat a great variety of food, bitch. We now move on to our next segment, mm -hmm. in which we take a look into my briefs. Okay. And tonight we're going to Alabama. Alabama. Alabama bound. All right, so, all right, so put. Let me. Let me. Let me. I got to put Alabama and the map in my head for me. So. It's in uh, the United States. Okay, let me do this alone. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you got your Texas there, and then it's to the right of Texas and up a little bit. Near Mississippi? I think it's in between, like, Mississippi and Georgia. I don't think it's as far east as Georgia. Georgia's... Oh, no, it's not as far east, but it's to the, le you know, on the when you're looking at a map, it would be, like, to the left of Georgia. Do the thing. Do the thing. I'll do the thing. Uh... Above Louisiana, I... I I want to put it more west. Here we go. Alabama. I was right. In between Georgia and Mississippi. Wow. Yep. There it is. Louisiana's right oh, there. Oh, so in it's here. like, oh, it's got that. Is that little nubby on the coast? All that Alabama has coastal? That's, yep. Yeah. And that's right the there. Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. It's over here. This is Florida. Though. Okay. I would have put it up more center. Okay. But nope. Yeah, that's where it is. All right, so between Georgia and Mississippi, yep. what's going on? Well, Alabama? what happened was uh, a lawsuit was brought against the state saying that the congressional districts that were Oh, uh, uh, this drawn, just happened. Yeah. 
that they were discriminated against black people and their vote and their voting power. Black people make up 25% of the population in Alabama. And Alabama consists right now currently of seven congressional districts. But the way it's divided up, they're claiming it dilutes the power of the black population so that blacks who primarily vote Democrat can only elect basically one black Democrat while the other six districts primarily elect white Republicans. So they brought a lawsuit in the federal district court and the federal district court ruled that, uh, yeah, you're right, it is discriminatory, it violates the Voting Rights Act of 1965, and therefore Alabama must draw a new congressional district before the 2022 elections to increase voting, black voting power. Now, just to give you a little back history, the Alabama legislature approved of this map in November of 2021. And I forget who brought the suit, but they brought the suit like almost immediately thereafter. And the district court even expedited the matter because it knows that there are elections coming up in 2022. There's a primary in April and the general election in November. But so they said that this was, you know, illegal. The state has to redraw the map. The state then appeals to the Supreme Court to make a decision on the merits, but they also want to put a stay on the district court's order. Okay. Make me. Right. So what the court does is says, yes, we will put it on our calendar to argue the case on the merits. But in the meantime, we're going to stay the district court's decision. And it was a five to four decision. Yep. And in this one, surprisingly, Judge Roberts sided with the minority in this. He is held primarily responsible for, gu- for gutting Article 5 of the Voting Rights oh, Act, which was exactly. the uh, the federal pre-clearance requirements. So they thought he was going to be voted, but he didn't. He voted with the minority saying, could you imagine yeah, this, this, you shouldn't be holding this up. You should be putting in new maps now. If the guy who was all about redistricting and, and, and fixing the, you know, the, the who, who, who was going to have the power where for him to turn around and say, yeah, this is too much. Yeah, exactly. That's what people are taking note of. So there is not, he, I'm sorry. It's not as though him voting with the other side is uncommon. He has continually voted with the other side. On certain issues, he has. Yeah. On certain issues. Not all of them, He's, but he, certain ones. Which makes him... The Mississippi st- abortion ban issue, he voted with the majority. He voted with the majority vote, on that. That. That, that. that was a foregone conclusion. I, I don't know. John Roberts upset me so much when he was appointed... Chief Justice. Chief Justice, yeah. I, I, you know, To me, that sort of elevation is... That should come from... I don't think the president should be able to appoint Chief Justice. I think the president should appoint justices, and together, the nine of them, pick Chief Justice. Well, you'll have to amend the Constitution to take care of that. There's a couple of things I have to amend the Constitution about. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, the primary reason that the court gave for putting a stay on the district court order saying that, uh, you know, the courts really should be refraining from interfering in the state's election on the eve of an election. And Judge Kagan wrote back in the dissent, she's like, basically saying, you're full of shit. Yeah, you're full of shit. She's like, you know, this, this primary is not until April. The general election isn't until November. Well, this is, this is the same math that worked out of, against Merrick Garland. It's too close to an election. We can't we can't change anything. It's too close to an election. Yep. It's a bullshit excuse. It's a bullshit excuse. But now people are afraid that this case is going to be used to now gut Article 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Which is what, specifically? It's a general prohibition against discriminating laws. 
because there was a decision back in 2021 that dealt with Article 2 of the Voting Rights Act. You're losing me. I know, but I'm chipping away at it. Previously, the court would look at the results of an election law to see if the results were discriminatory. Now, it seems the court is now looking at the intent behind the law. Okay. And if they don't find that there was any racial discriminatory intent, they may find it valid then. I understand that. So that's what they're afraid is going to happen in this case as well. It might, it might could. So we'll be waiting to see when, in the spring. When, when I'm not sure when the oral arguments on this case are going to be or anything. So maybe a while before we hear a decision on the merits on this. But in the meantime now, the people of Alabama are stuck with this biased districting Bullshit plan. districting. Well, the, the redistricting thing, what do they call it? Um, gerrymandering, gerrymandering. It's referred to as. It, uh, it is just, it is such a problem. It's, it's the... And, they say, and the Supreme Court is, has become more reluctant to do anything about it. They're I like, don't know that they well, should the, be They're like, well, the state should be addressing it. Well, the states obviously are not addressing this issue. And if they are, they're just making it harder for people to exercise their right to vote. And that's what's becoming more and more apparent. Because they, they said even with the, with, when, they, when the Supreme Court struck down the, fe, the federal preclearance requirements, as soon as that happened, all these states that were being governed by that started passing these restrictive voting laws. Right, so there's a there's hundred fucking voter restriction laws now. Yep. So what are they going to do? They're going to take every one of them? I, I, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. It just it could get, We could be going back to the era of Jim Crow at this rate. Well, that's where it's headed, and it, it doesn't seem like it's being stopped. No, not by the Supreme Court, it's not, not going and, to be. And if it's not going to be stopped by the Supreme Court, it has to be stopped by very clearly written legislation. Yeah, well, with this divided Congress, that's not going to happen either. And the anticipation, it's a, it's already everywhere I look, a foregone conclusion that this Congress is going Republican in November. Which is just more dire f- for the nation, I think. But it seems like such a... like. Everybody's so willing to accept it as a foregone conclusion that they're they're preparing for what to do after that happens. I know. Instead of saying, "Bitches, I got nine months. What can I do in nine months?" I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe know. me, that's a whole. I believe know. me, I could go off on what the Democrats should be doing for the next nine months, but put that. On it's going to fall on deaf ears, you put, know. Put that on the list of spin-off podcasts. <laughs> there's got to be four of them now. There's, uh, <laughs> there's got to be at least four of them. We'll, we'll be here all week long and recording. Not, no, we're not. <laughs> you, um, you know, you have the, uh, you have everything, so you're going to have to go back and look at what the other three are. Okay. They're somewhere in the last somewhere. 25 episodes. We now move on to our next segment, The Week in Fascism. Here we go, fascism. First, we're going to start in Tennessee. Okay, let me see if I can figure it out. What is it? What's going on? I know this. I know this. Go ahead. What do you think it book is? Book burning. Book burning. Bingo. You are correct. A book burning was led by Mount Juliet Pastor, who leads the Global Vision Bible Church near Nashville. His name is Greg Locke. I would like very much, first of all, I know... Mm-hmm. What you're doing right now, maintaining the 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 impulse to kill me for interrupting you, um, but I I would like as a public service yes for this for this podcast yes at the end of this segment yes to read a list okay of banned books of banned books yes okay okay now uh, I can find it on the interwebs 
while you're talking. I I'm sure you could. Okay. But in this case, he wanted to burn books like Harry Potter and the Twilight series because they promote witchcraft yeah, well. and devil worship. In a sermon preceding the fire, he described having a beef with the Freemason devils and said that people aren't mad that they were burning books, but mad because of the books they were burning. Huh. Implying that his critics were devil and witchcraft uh, supporters. This man's ministry, now this is where this man becomes even more interesting. It, al it aligns with this movement that's called, that's basically referred to as Christian nationalism. And the bedrock belief of this movement is that the United States was founded as a Christian nation and must remain so. And uh, this guy, Locke, his congregation meets under a tent in a parking lot. But he, has huh. over, but he has over 2 million followers on Facebook, and he live streams his Sunday sermons. Not surprisingly, he is a pro-Trump conspiracy theorist. Basically uh, said that nine, uh, the 1-6 uh, insurrection was the work of Antifa, or paid agitators. He's also an anti-masker, an anti-vaxxer, and believed Biden stole the election. He also talks regularly with Roger Stone. You remember Roger Stone. I love Roger Stone. He actually spoke at Locke's church this past August of 2021. He's like a honey badger. Yeah, please. That's a nice way of describing him. Locke is also a proponent of a loose-knit group called the Black Robe Regiment. This term was inspired by colonial pastors in the 18th century who supported the Revolutionary War against Great Britain. And this group sees themselves as the contemporary version. Locke, he preached at a rally at the Ellipse on the Capitol on the night of January 5th. Leading, and he later led a prayer for the Proud Boys. That night, he sent a tweet out, said, God is about to dethrone some wicked people that have been in power. Very soon, Twitter will be trending the unthinkable. Remember this tweet, God will not be mocked. Okay. And that was the night before the 1-6 insurrection. Okay. God will not be mocked. Yeah. If God is on your side, then you have immunity from all man-made laws. Well, that's what they think. Yeah. They think that as long as God is on their side, nothing they do is wrong. That's right. And that's wrong. And it's scary that they think that. What's scary is that they're not being stopped. That they think that is just human hubris and get over yourselfness. Nobody's stopping it, and that's the problem. I know. Where are the grown-ups? Where are the grown-ups? I mean, that's the problem. This guy, Locke, he's not the only pastor like this. There are other pastors like this. Well, when they have millions pastors, of followers like this. You know, pastors with those churches, with those types of churches. Which are primarily white evangelicals. They don't have, they, they're not answering to anybody. No. They're not, they're no. not answering to the Vatican when they get no, crazy. Nope. So they say and do whatever they want mm -hmm. with their two million followers on Twitter. Right, but it's to stop that. That's what. That's that's why is nobody stopped? Well, because you can't stop that. You can't free airwaves, yeah. freedom of speech. Yeah, you, you know that's that's, that's that's the glory of living in this country. It's the part. It's as well. It certainly is part of it. But uh, yeah, you got to somehow reach. Uh, uh, you got to somehow reach everybody else with the truth, and they need to be louder. You know. Yeah. Well, you think you start that with a public school education. But now the public school education is suspect. Yeah. Well, yeah, with what's going on now, all of a sudden now parents want to get involved in deciding what the curriculum is. Right. And probably most of them probably couldn't pass an SAT test if their life depended on it now. Well, I'm not sure I could. But let's, get, <laughs> let's, let's have that list of banned books. Oh, okay. I found it. Oh, you did. I did. I found it. Okay. Banned book list. 
A Wrinkle in Time. Not familiar with that. I should know that. I know the title. Uh, I read it. I think it was like sixth grade. Does it say the author? Uh, It doesn't. Uh. The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. Okay. Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, you're not surprised by that. The Catcher in the Rye. Uh, I wouldn't mind that being banned because I don't like that book anyway. (laughs) Of Mice and Men. Okay, I'm not a John Steinbeck fan either, so that doesn't ruffle my feathers too much. I think you're missing the point. I know. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Okay. Forever. Yeah. Jesus. The Kite Runner, To Kill a Mockingbird. Kite Runner, I don't understand. The Giver. Okay. The Outsiders. Oh, my God. The Outsiders. Jesus. Thirteen Reasons Why. Harry Potter series. Uh, Right. Because of witchcraft. George. George. I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know. The Hate You Give. The Grapes of Wrath. The Color Purple. Grapes of Wrath? Why the Grapes of Wrath? The the Lord of the Flies. Why the Color Purple? It can't possibly be just that Sugar's a lesbian. Uh, that probably is exactly it. The Lord of the Flies, 1984. Okay. Geez. Song of Solomon. The Call of the Wild. Jack London? Oh, my God. The Lord of the Rings. Witchcraft. Bridge to Tarabithia. Uh, probably witchcraft. And I know why the caged bird sings. Oh, God. <laughs> Could you imagine? <sighs> That's quite a list. Huh? Welcome to America, folks. America. Jesus. America. America. We now move on to... Um, Speak English. We live in America. Uh, we now move on to a recent statement issued by the Republican National Committee. Are we still in celebrities saying stupid things? Oh, no. We haven't even gotten to that one yet. Okay. We'll where, come up on that one. Where are we? This is still in This Week in Fascism. This Week in Fascism. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, there's a lot of fascism. Well, this past Friday... Fascism. Yes. This past Friday, the Republican National Committee issued a public censure... Of Congressman uh, Kinzinger and Cheney for their participation in the uh, House Select Committee investigating the 1-6 insurrection. The censor resolution says that the committee was persecuting, quote, ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse, close quote. Of course, afterwards, once the news started getting out about this, the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, the daughter of Mitt Romney, she then issued a statement trying to clarify what she was saying, saying, They chose to join Nancy Pelosi in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens who engage in legitimate political discourse that had nothing to do with violence at the Capitol. Okay. Yeah, you're full of shit. Well, we all saw the video. Because what legitimate political discourse was going on? Do you mean the ones who entered the building after they broke through the police barricades and then went into the Senate chambers and held their little prayers and made their little speeches or whatever? Are those the ordinary citizens you're referring to? Well, you know what? They broke the fucking law, too. Walking out with with a fucking podium. That's not speech. No, this isn't speech. It's basically the Republican National Committee endorsing violence as be, as being part of the political agenda now. Well, it was violence fought in their name. 
And that's why they're endorsing it. Of course it's why they're endorsing it. It's also why... But of course they're saying, oh, no, that's not what we're saying. That's it's what like, it is. No, that's exactly what you're saying. They can't admit it. No, they, they can't. They can't admit it. They literally, like, can't. But this now, now that this has been said, now it's time for the Democrats to say, enough. We're dealing now with the party of Putin. This is now an authoritarian fascist party. Right, Call so. them out on it. They keep calling the Democrats socialists and communists... Start calling the Republicans for what they truly are now. What was it I heard? I saw a quote, a meme quote. Socialism is 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 the name Americans call something that benefits everybody. Yeah, that's a fairly apt description of it. I don't know who the quote was from or if it's even accurate. Yeah, and those are the same people who are getting their Social Security benefits and Medicare benefits, and it's like, hey, folks, you know what? That's socialism, morons. Ah. That concludes uh, the segment of This Week in Fascism. Okay, with the perfect word, moron. Yes. We now move on to We Like to Watch. We Like to Watch. You know what's? I, I've been waiting to say this for this segment. What's that? The Olympics. Okay. Have you been watching them? I have not. Neither have I. I'm a big Olympic fan. I used to be. For some reason, I... I don't know, because I've been busy and nights I would be at rehearsal so many times. Yeah, but, but but these days, it's so easy to... To access and watch. You can exactly. pretty much watch it any time of day. There's no excuse not to be watching it. If you, I never missed the Olympics. I think it all started to go downhill when they divided it by years. When they decided to do it every two years. Yes, they alternated between the summer and alter uh, the summer and winter Olympics every two years. I don't like that. I think that they should one year should be the Olympic year. To me, the Olympics was like this epic thing growing up. Yeah, and then I held it that way for so long. I I never missed the Olympics, and now I don't give a fuck. I I think part of the, I think Olympics. I think part of the reason why I stopped watching is because of the coverage. The coverage covers so much crap and filler. Yes. It's like, I'd rather see tapes of that day's events than you filling me on and filling me in on the day's crap, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what eventually turned me off to, to watching it. Well, when, when it became a 24-hour news cycle, they had to have that filler. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, so so that's why we're learning about little Boo-Hoo who lives up in the in the rice fields and had a dream about ice skating. Right. So, you know, so, and that's great. That's what the Olympics, you don't learn that anywhere else. You don't No. Know, you also don't see these activities anywhere else. No. It's a shame that we don't watch them because they are great to watch. They're, they're you know, they're humans. Being, but the television experience of it is just, it's ruined. It's dismal. Yeah. Uh, last year's was, uh, is this last year's? Well, we're in the... These Olympics were actually delayed because of the COVID pandemic. Oh, right, okay. So, so these, these were supposed to have been held, I think... 2020? Uh, either 2020 or 2021, I'm not sure which. Probably 2020. Probably 2020 because it's even years. Yeah. Yeah, so I have not been watching the Olympics, and it disappoints me that I'm not watching the Olympics, but I can't bring myself to do it. I know, I, I know. I feel... Because I used to watch this as a kid. I remember watching the Winter Olympics with my aunt and uncle, and we made a joke of calling my aunt Rosie Mittenmeyer. She was this German skier at the All time. Right. who was She had a great personality. And that was my aunt, too. She had a great personality. We used to call her Cousin Rosie after that. It was a thing. <laughs> it was a thing. It was a whole thing where the family watched them together and everything. It's not... A, and It's but just not a thing. Television viewing isn't like that anymore, unfortunately. 
I don't know if it's television that's at fault. I don't know. I I, I just it's a, is a series of bad decisions on a management level. Is it just not being able to maintain? I mean, I would rather see them set up like 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 almost like a C-SPAN network, like two or three of them, where you're just streaming the various events going well, on each day. I think each of the networks, like. NBC, there's NBC and NBC. They're probably a doing some NBC of that, B. yeah. I'm sure. It, it, who, I, you know what? Is it NBC? I don't even know who owns the. I NBC don't even anymore. know anymore. I don't even know. I have no. I, I couldn't tell you what network is televising them this year. Yeah, I couldn't tell you either. So, so make up for our guilt. Go watch the Olympics. Yeah, go watch them because <laughs> I don't want them. Well, did you watch anything else new this past week? Uh, not new. Okay. Uh, I'm sort of catching up. I well, there was a new. There was a new RuPaul. Okay. And you know how I love me some RuPaul. So we there was that. that. There'll be another RuPaul tonight because they have this. He Now he's doing RuPaul U, UK versus the world. Are you so Yeah. No. And it's the same competition. He's just milking the oh shit out God, of this. Did. Oh, my God. Um, I'm waiting for the kids' version soon. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a kid's version, you I know? Can you imagine, like, little five-year-old, four-year-old children I'm telling in drag? You, I will <laughs> link you. There's a, Net, there's, there's a Netflix series. No. I swear to you. Oh, my God. In truth, yes. What's it called? I don't remember. Okay. But but uh, but it's I'll, little kids doing drag? I'll find it for you, yeah. I'm t- yes, prepubescent. Okay. At the very least, prepubescent. Yeah, so other than that... <laughs> You know, Rachel's taking a hiatus I'm not happy about. Uh, oh, Rachel Maddow? Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, it's just grumpy. I'm just... Bleh. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really watch anything new. I've been catching up on series episodes that we've been watching, of course. But we did watch an interesting movie. Uh, it's a, I was actually... It's about three years old. It's called The Lighthouse. It's with uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It's a film in it's beautiful black and white. The, film, the cinematography is beautiful. I think it actually may have been nominated for it. And it's about basically these two lighthouse keepers in late 19th century who become stranded and slowly lose their minds. Okay. And it's really weird, but okay. it's really, really good. I mean, Pattinson and Defoe are fantastic in these roles. I mean, for those who think Robert Pattinson's a lightweight actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's done other things, but everyone keeps saying, oh, he's a Twilight actor. No, he's done other things besides that. Well, he's gorgeous. Yeah. And he and, he, and he, he's not making a habit of masturbating in his films. This is like the third film I read that he's masturbated in. Really? There was one he played Salvador Dali he masturbated in. Supposedly there's another one. It's like, is this your thing now? Well, is anyone <laughs> supposed to believe he needs to masturbate? <laughs> Well, I guess when you're playing a lighthouse keeper stranded with another lighthouse keeper, you do what you got to do. <laughs> okay. Well, you're Robert Pattinson. You're hot. Go fuck the bitch. Right. But I, what I, am I looking up here? The prepubescent drag show. Right. <laughs> right. But while you're looking that up, uh, did you hear that the Oscar nominations came out today? Yeah, Olga Meredith didn't get an Oscar nomination, and so I don't care about the rest of it. Who didn't get one? Olga Meredith. Who is Olga Meredith? She plays Abuela Claudia in in the Heights. In the Heights. Okay. She did not get nominated. Ooh. She should have been nominated. So I don't care. Well, I'm glad Andrew Garfield was nominated for Tick Tick Boom. He deserved it. What I'm really surprised at is the nominations for the film Don't Look Up. Oh. You know, okay. the satire that yeah, came out. I watched the movie. What, I watched it. What did it get? It got 
Best picture, uh, best picture nomination. I think it got best original screenplay nomination. I don't see any other ones off the top of my head. I'm just reading this real fast. Oh no, uh, for film editing, music, original score. That seems to be it. Unless I'm It'd reading be this really sweet fast. As fuck if it won from the score. I mean, I saw the movie. I like the movie. I don't think it's worthy of a best picture nomination. I thought the satire itself is kind of obvious. Oh, wait, you're talking about... Okay, no, I was talking about... Okay. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Our producer has just delivered cake to us. Because that's what we need in our lives. <laughs> yes, we do. We can never have enough cake. But yeah, so anyway, the best picture nominations were Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog. That's a lot of fucking nominations. And West Side Story. Ten oh. nominations. Holy shit. They increased that a few years back. I forget the reason why, because they were mad about some pictures not being able to get nominated. So then they opened up that category. And I can honestly say, I have not seen, except for Don't Look Up, I have not seen any of these other films mm -hmm. yet. I want to see Belfast. I'm dying to see that one. The Power of the Dog is on Netflix. I know we can watch it. West Side Story, I'm dying to see. Nightmare Alley, I've been hearing a lot of good things about also. Dune, I'm in no rush to see, because it's like, I've seen Dune so many times now. And I'm like, do I really need to see another one? But, oh, wait, it's on one of the channels, you exactly. know? So that was a story on the Oscars. I don't know if you want to discuss any of the other nominations or ask about them. No, I told you. All the Meredith did not get nominated. I am done. So you're done. <laughs> That's it, I'm done. And for those of you not in the know, this Sunday is the Super Bowl. Is it right? Yes, it is. Of course, I have no idea what the teams are or what channel it's on or anything, because mm -hmm. I will not be watching the Super Bowl. I have to say, I enjoy the Super Bowl. The only time I enjoyed the Super Bowl was when I was hanging out in the bar, betting on a pool, and then I usually got laid that night. Well, yeah, but that was when you were cute. Oh. And the fact that you were 4'11 doesn't matter. Ooh, now that you're old. you very much. <laughs> the, um, the Super Bowl is very nice because it's very exciting. First of all, football photographs the best on for television. It's the best sporting event on television. They don't all look good on television regardless of how they are in real life. But football looks good on television. For the amount of money they make off television, it should look good on it, television. It, it looks great. It's one game. Winner take all. Mm hmm So you really don't need to. It's not. It doesn't have to be like a chapter book. You could just watch this one event. Yep. It usually doesn't take too long. No, it doesn't. Um, Actually, no, that's not true. It's usually about three to four, three to five hours. Yeah, it's a couple hours. Yeah, I take that back. But yeah. it does have. <laughs> it does do things like Beyonce and Janet Jackson. It's like know. when the Super Bowl's over, make sure you're at home because now all the drunks are on the road. Yeah, going they're home. all they're all on that way. You know. <laughs> And that's the other thing. It's a get together. It's it's uh, it goes well with wings. Yeah, I know. It's become a big event and <sighs> nachos. Not my thing. Not my thing. It's you know. It, I have been to parties where to Super Bowl parties where I have not seen anything except the halftime show. Okay. And the party was great. Yeah, I'm sure. You know the the game is playing somewhere. I know. I don't know where to go. Oh, Beyonce is coming up. Hold on, bitches. Yeah. Don't talk to me now. I know. Uh, yeah, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't. I don't. Yeah, just don't. I don't miss it. It's not like a part of my life. Really. Uh, as sports go, the Super Bowl is the one thing that I will always enjoy thoroughly. 
Well, if you're like me out there, listeners, and you have no interest in watching the Super Bowl, Turner Classic Movies is running some four classic movies on Another. Super Bowl Day. Starting at 1.15, they're playing To Have and Have Not, uh, 1944 film with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Keep going. 3.15 is Born Yesterday. Oh, uh, Judy Holiday. Judy Holiday, William Holden, and Broderick Crawford, and she won the Academy Award for Best Actress for this role. And 4 o'clock? Oh, 5.15 is The Music Man. No. Robert Preston, Shirley Jones, Hermione Gingold, and Buddy Hackett. Oh, uh, and what's going on at 7? 8 o'clock, to me, is the prize. Stormy Weather. Okay. With Lena Horne and Cam Calloway. And... Uh, see, on a, night, oh. on a night like that, football yes. can go fuck itself. Yes, exactly. If there's nothing else to do, or if I'm invited to a party that has a lot of interesting people, yes, I may... Choose the Super Bowl party, but as far as the, the, the you see, if I'm having a good party, that means the party's not playing the TV set, you know. Oh no, <laughs> that to me is a good party when there's Z no party? TV on. No, no there is. I mean, I haven't done a New Year's Eve party in so long. Even then, I was usually out at a bar somewhere. Of course, but the TV's on. How do you count down? I know. Right? Same thing with the with the football game. You can't have a Super Bowl party without you playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, this is true. You got to have the Super. Bowl. And then TVs. I don't know. I like. I like the. You could always just play videos. Yep. Uh, I like the TV being on. I like. I like the TV. Good. The TV likes you. Stalling? Are you stalling for time here? No. Okay. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment, Celebrities Saying Stupid Things. Oh, uh, I thought we were here already, but that was faster. <laughs> well, this one may be considered an easy target. Joe Rogan. Oh, here we are. Now, well, it's not about what he was saying initially about his use of the N-word. As it has to do with what his recent discussions about skin tone and color with Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I did not hear about a recent please, discussion. Please don't, don't tell me. Don't get me started because I don't like Jordan Peterson. I don't want to hear it. But uh, it seems that, um, you know, of course, India Ari dug, dug up this whole compilation of videos of Rogan saying the N-word. Why did it have to be a pop singer? Because it's, because it's on Spotify. Spotify is a Got it. music provider. Got it. And she's saying, I don't want to be on Spotify because of what he's, because of this stuff that and he's saying. And then she showed up receipts. And then, yeah, she right. showed up with this. Okay. But then they you also. You go, India. <laughs> but then they also found this clip from. That's, that is. That, okay. Yeah. yeah she's, no. like, she's like, hey, Neil Young doesn't want to be on there because he's saying this anti vaccine stuff. I don't want to be on there because he's saying all this anti black stuff. Okay. He's using the N word. How does he feel about gays? I don't know. I don't know. We got to get off Spotify. But what recently came up that he said was from 2013, a clip from his podcast, in which he discussed seeing the movie Planet of the Apes in a predominantly don't. black neighborhood. Don't. And he said, he walked into the theater and he said, it was Planet of the Apes. We walked into Africa, dude. We walked in the door and there was no white people. There was no white people. Now, of course, even after he said that, he said, yeah, I know what I just said was racist. But no one ever called him out about it now until this came out. And then he comes out and says, you know, I had no racist intent behind it. I was just trying to be entertaining. And you know what? You can tell a joke and it can still be a racist joke. Um, whether you intended it to be or not. First of all, how do you get to be an adult and not realize that any... It's, it, it is not... Yeah, what makes you think that's acceptable social discourse? That that connection that you made between the people you were going to see the movie with and the apes you were going to see, how, how does that not strike you as, well, hold on, how is that not a red flag to you? Yeah. 
right? No, this, this, no. Uh, yeah, we gotta go to Spotify. Where, well, I can tell you from looking at our statistics, the number of listeners who've been using our Spotify for our podcast decreased by 5%. Okay, so yeah. So hopefully that means we're having some effect on advising people to find alternate podcasts. And we have alternate things. We have plenty of them. Do we we know who is coming in from Spotify? Like, can we send them an email or something? Like, bitch, sorry, but I can't do it no more. No, we know we can't. India, we said. We haven't gotten that far yet. Like I said, our absence from Spotify will have, be of no consequence to Spotify. I don't care about if it's going to be a consequence to Spotify. I want to know about that Indian guy who keeps sending his nudes. Is it going to be inconvenient for him? Is he going to be able to find us? Can he still send those nudes? Yes, because there are Indian podcast providers. And is that pretty much where they where the I Indian- don't know. But I know that they're on the list of statistics of the pro- uh, providers that are being used by our listeners. Oh, so there are other providers. Oh, yes, there are plenty. Okay, plenty so, that, out so there. then we're not going to. We list them all the time at the end of the show. We're, well, I kind of put a stop to that. I know, yeah, I know. I just say, you know where we are. Go find us. Tonight, you should kind of do it because I think we should I think we should join this thing and get out of there because I they're doubling down in support for him. Well, I think after this whole last statement that just came out, it's like, you know, I don't I don't see you. There's, there's, yeah, you can apologize for this. But admit it, you were being a racist about it too, you know? Yeah. Well, Just say it, admit it. And move and then move on and show you've learned, but he hasn't learned, I'm sure. You know, like I said, when he has an idiot like Jordan Peterson on his fucking show and they're discussing race and skin tone and who calls black people black when they're not really black, they're brown and this. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Two white men explaining black color. It's like, what the fuck? That- I, I, uh, this is always going to be because... It's the freedom of speech. Well, that's the curse of it. You have uh, assholes like this no, saying stupid shit like this. That's the blessing because now I can identify them. I know where they are. I know, I know what they're saying. I know what they're up to because they're saying it out loud in public. I like that. I think that's a good idea. I don't want to be associated with it. But I, I, like, I think it's a good idea to keep them talking. Keep them talking. Now, here's where my question comes in. Yes. The whole thing with Whoopi and the Jews. Yes. Okay. So here is a gray area. Okay. Because we have a black woman, mm-hmm. okay, who, the well, the first half of her life was not very easy. No, definitely okay. not. She suffered as a black woman. She yep. suffered as a woman. She suffered as a person. I remember her as a com- when she started out as a comedian. Coming out of fucking nowhere. She bull- pulled herself up from her from her bra straps and, and suddenly became Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. Okay. Now, she's, she says this thing about the... The uh, about the Holocaust. The Holocaust. Now, is she anti-Semitic? No. What it is basically, because what she said was the Holocaust was about man's inhumanity to man. Right. It wasn't about race. From her perspective, as a black woman, she views racism in terms of basically between people of color and non-people of color. Okay. So, so when she sees question. something like. The Nazi, the Nazi Germans beating up on other European Jews, she just sees it as white people attacking other, other white, white people. people. That it's not racist. That's, that's what, that's, 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 that that's what I always thought. But here's my problem with the Whoopi expo- explanation. Her remark was about man's inhumanity to man, so mm-hmm. she invoked the Holocaust. Well, no, she didn't invoke it. It came up, and they were discussing the banning of mouse. 
in the Tennessee by this Tennessee school board. That's how the, this conversation came up because Mouse is about the Holocaust. Okay, and then she said, "Well, it's you know the Holocaust was not about race; it's about man's inhumanity to man." Stop right there. Right. Okay. The Holocaust is not about race; it's about man's inhumanity to man. To me, you're 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 in two different chronological places. Like like the Holocaust is the uh, the Holocaust is who caused it. Well, the next day, she did come out and say... I have nothing to say about how Whoopi conducted herself. Okay. What I'm trying to get at is where do we where do we fault or do we just never understand each other or, like, what is it, what... Like, well, this, let, let me let me answer that. Number one, the next day she came out and she said, you know, yesterday we were talking about the Holocaust. I said it wasn't about race. It was about man's inhumanity to man. And she said I was wrong. It was about both. She said that. Okay, anti- that's what she said. It was about yes, both. It was about both. You don't see bullshit there. She she's learning that okay. she was wrong in what she said. That she was only viewing the racism in terms of literally black and white. She wasn't viewing it as white versus white racism. Okay, she doesn't see it that way. I mean, yes, she didn't know white people were that crazy. <laughs> she didn't. She just didn't view racism in that in term. That case, she okay. just re- viewed it as being that. against people of color. I understand. You know, that. and furthermore, like. We know the Jews were not a race. It's a religion. It's a culture, but it's not a race. But they were treated as a race as a by race. the Nazis. So here's what I'm saying. Does 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 Whoopi's excuse of man's inhumanity to man, you can only get to man's inhumanity to man in retrospect. In the moment, it's racism. Right. But she wasn't recognizing it as that. No one's viewing what she said as being anti-Semitic. They're viewing what she said as being just being ignorant. Okay. And it's not really ignorant. It's more that she's just been miseducated about the you know, how far, what racism really entails. You know? That's not just people of color versus non-people of color. It can Racism can occur within a racial group, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that what the Indians do? What do you mean? The caste system. And that's not really so much racism, but it is a caste system. I don't know how all of that works, but we might we would consider that discriminatory. There, that is part of their culture. That is part of their way of life. But not racism. It might be considered racism. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to classify it as racism or otherwise. All right. Well, we so I really couldn't say. We need somebody. We need an expert. We need somebody. We keep coming back to this. What's our next topic? Our next topic we move on to, because next week, you know, is Valentine's Day. Uh, is it, wait, hold on. Is Valentine's Day actually Tuesday? It's actually on, no, it's on Monday the 14th. Oh, good. So we're not going to have to be together. So I figured that's why today, I figured since I already talked about Proposed Day oh, and Valentine's shit. Week. Yeah, I had homework. For five faves, I picked our five favorite couples. Yeah, I was so happy to get that text. <laughs> Being single for twenty fucking years, being but there must be couples in your in life or in fiction. I like the Obamas. You like the Obamas? Okay, that's a very good choice. Much. I like the Obamas as a couple. I like them very much. That's a very good choice. All right, who's yours? My, I'll go with my oldest couple first. That would be Nick and Nora Charles, as, right. as portrayed by Dick Powell and Myrna Loy. Okay, they were madly in love and functional alcoholics. All right, <laughs> great people. Those are my people. Right? They were a lot of fun. Except for that whole madly in love thing. Have you ever watched the Thin Man movies with I them? I have. Uh, I love them. They're great movies. They're great movies. The first movie, though, it's like, 
How did they? I mean, they were constantly drinking. In I, the think first it's, movie. I think it's, it's like I would have been passed out by now. <laughs> Aside from your Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew serial, how many movies in serial form? Because the Thin Man was like what four movies? Five. I movies? think like four or five movies. Yeah. Every one of them, it was. It, it's viewed as a franchise. Oh, it's definitely, viewed, yeah. It I mean, it's a collection. Yeah. yeah, the Thin Man collection. Yeah, cool. I wonder how many other movies. Like, could you? Would you even do that with Star Wars? I think they did it with the um, the Asian detective movies. Uh, Mr. Moto. I think there was another one. All right. Those were made in. They were made in a series. There were a number of series. There were Western series. Yes, yes, yes. The same character recurring. Yes. Yep. Okay. So they did it a number of times. Right. It wasn't just unique unto this. I got a little caught up. That's okay. Right, okay. Who's your second uh, favorite couple? Neil Patrick Harris and David Burke. I knew you were going to pick them. Uh, no, you were going to pick them. I, there's no reason not to. They're a fantastic couple. Yes, they are. They are fantastic. So I picked them. Good. My next couple, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. That's good. Great couple. What I love about them, they've been together all these years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not married. married. They didn't need the certificate, and they stayed together, and I think that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I I agree. God bless them. You know? I don't think marriages should be a thing. Well, it shouldn't be necessary, but, you know, I'm glad that they feel secure enough in their relationship that they didn't need the certificate. No, we should talk about marriage one day because I have very strong views. Do you now? I do. I, I believe it should be abandoned. Oh, do you? I do. Why is that? Uh, because it's first of all, oh, a married couple is considered one of the basic step, uh, basic building blocks of a, a civilized society. Okay. Yes. <laughs> now and only since we, as peasants, decided to adapt that from the bourgeoisie. <laughs> Who married for things like finances and borders and army recruitment and you know who was going to rule what part of Europe is what marriages well marriage were. marriage was about having power you got it was about money and that, having power over the over the wife you know and and well it's no, that, it's no longer so much about that uh, yeah it's so, more about an equal relationship I believe in seven year renewable contract. <laughs> I think every seven years, a couple should be able to come back and sit across <coughs> from each other, with each with their representative on their left, and say, I don't think this is going to last another seven years, so I think I want out of it now. And let's just, with what we got now, let's just break it, and, you know, good. We're, we're both good when we both go on. You don't have to go through the whole divorce thing. What if there are kids in the marriage? That's part of the seven-year negotiation. You negotiate. Okay. You sit down and listen. You, you, you never really liked so her So now your anyway. children are going to become assets in a contract negotiation? Which is different from a divorce exactly how? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, thank I'm you. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I was parented by a check a week. Not Ooh. check a month. So uh, don't even. Who's your third favorite couple, Thomas? Barney and Betty Rubble. <laughs> I almost added friend Wilma to my list, but Barney and Betty. You know why? Because because that little fuck that they had as a kid, Bam Bam. Yeah, that 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 shit can't have been easy. You know what I'm saying? And they stuck it out, and they loved that little fuck because I know he was all kind of damaged. 
yeah, I like I like Barney and and they were um they were they were a good couple. They did not one overpowered the other. There wasn't some sort of cra- Betty and Barney. Betty and Betty and Barney. Betty and Barney rubble. My next choice are Archie and Edith Bunker. Okay, so so now you you you're latching onto my next choice. Okay, because I picked them because. They remind me of my parents. Uh, do they? <laughs> yes, they do. Not to the extremes that, that the characters are, but we, we, we would call them Archie and Edith okay. because of the way they would act with each other sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because there was so much there. There was there was the relationship between each of the characters individually. Yes. Which was dense. Yeah. There was his whole thing, his whole racist, homophobic thing. Yeah, he was the whole white bigot but, of that uh, period. And then, but then her... Well, you watch her character evolve through oh. the series from right this away. subservient dingbat of a wife to one who constantly then questions and challenges Archie's authority. Her voice was different in Act One. Yeah, in the first in the first series. Oh yeah! Oh my God! She sounded so much different in the first season. And you know what's interesting? Side note, sidebar over here on the right is that uh, listen, go back and watch Will and Grace season one. Megan Mullally. Uh, she sounds different. Her also. voice is entirely yep, different. Entirely different. Um, so, so yeah, but, but, but like Edith, Edith started to fight back only after spending the time with Gloria and Mike yeah. and, and seeing that. So there was all of that that was so involved and it was, it was brilliant and it would never be produced today. No, it wasn't. It's a classic. It's, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all Ever. time. It really I is. I go back to it all the time. I watched it every single night it was on. Never missed it. There was It was always on at the same time, and it seemed to me like I was very young. It was part of the whole Saturday night schedule. You Saturday had night. Saturday and night. You had Archie Bunker, Mary Tyler Moore, okay, I had to go to Julie bed. Andrews, Carol Burnett. I had to go to bed after, after Archie Bunker, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> my parents would have... When I speak of my parents, I'm speaking of my life before I was seven. Okay. Okay? So my parents would have these these guests over, these friends over, and I used to know their names, and now I don't. But I associated them in my head with Edith and Archie. Okay. So that every Saturday night, or when the couple of Saturday nights that Archie and Edith would end, and the doorbell <coughs> would ring, and these two people would come into the house. And that was oh, reminded me that I always associated them together. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that show is... is Epic. Yeah. Brilliant. Really. I'll show it to you. Well, like I said, the likes of which we'll never see you again. We'll never see again. Who's your next choice, Thomas? That was five. No, it wasn't. It was five. No, it wasn't. It was five. No. It was Barack Obama and his wife. Yes. It was Neil Patrick Harris and his husband. That's two. It was Betty and Barney. That's three. It was... Well, you said Archie and Edith was your Archie number four. And Edith. Oh, Archie and Edith was four. So what's your number five? Oh, I don't have a number five ready. Oh, actually, I didn't do my number... No, I didn't... How did I do three of them? I didn't do my fourth one. Because I interrupted you with your third one to do my fourth one. That's why. Now you got to do your fourth one. My fourth one is the characters portrayed by Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobi in the show Vicious. Did you well, see it? I have seen it. I know exactly what you mean. The two bitchy old queens yep. living together in the house. Yep. Yes. It reminds me of me and Stephen. <laughs> and Stephen will say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he couldn't possibly deny it and consider himself conscious. <laughs> uh, except for the language. <clears throat> except for the language? What do you yes. Mean? Well, you call him honeyhead. Yes. And he calls you cunt liquor. <laughs> so you wouldn't see that. On that show, no, no, that's true. So the language is the language is very different. They have better writers. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. 
Drive safe. Fuck yourself. Yeah, they have better writing. <laughs> Fight me. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance, watch Vicious. I think it ran for like two seasons, and there was they ended it with a Christmas special. Really cute series. Yeah, it's it's, it's really it's, is it's very funny. Who's your fifth and final couple, Thomas? George and Martha. George and Martha. Why? George and Martha. Because you know what? They have it. It's fucked up. Larry Kramer thinks George was gay. He might have been. I, I would have no trouble believing that. That might be a good sequel. <laughs> or a good, like, run along next up. Next up. They were fucked up, but they knew what each other was, and they dealt with it, and they, they lived with it, and... Sometimes. She had all the money. She he married oh, all the money. Oh oh she oh he definitely married up. Yeah, he absolutely married up. Yep, and she knows that, mm-hmm. and she held it against him for the rest of his life, and he knows that and resented her for it for the rest of his <laughs> life. So, but they both knew that going in, and they had their own little things, and and I think the the fucking up with the fucking around with the other two, with the two kids, yep. was f- like a foreplay for them. Okay. <laughs> Like that's how they had sex. <laughs> that that was that was how they accepted because he was gay, and so they didn't. He didn't enjoy having sex with her. And let's face it, she didn't probably didn't smell so good. I don't think anyone smelled so good back then. <laughs> not not Georgia Martha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as dysfunctional and as horrible as they were, they were a couple come hell or high water. Okay, my choice, my last couple is the exact opposite of George and Martha. Pete and Jason Buttigieg. Oh, cute. Right? They're adorable. They're an adorable couple. And now that they had the kids and everything, yeah, yeah, and they had the yeah. pictures come out. What a great what a great little family, you well, know? Let me ask you a question. Yes. They're only like six months into him being gay. That's what it seems like. I mean, he's only like, what, 36, 37, I think. He's fairly, compared to us, he's young. Yeah. He, I don't think he came out, like, within the past 10 years. Absolutely within the past 10 you know? years. Yeah. I would say within the past, uh, my feeling is three years, but probably more like five. Yeah, yeah, probably around that, I would say. So what's your, what was your point that you were driving at? I don't know. It seems kind of suspect that you fall off the, you know, you come, you come out of the closet into a wedding with... Twins. Well, no, he didn't just... It doesn't happen like that. I mean, he was in the relationship when he was running for president. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was in the relationship when he was mayor down in Indiana. Absolutely. So this wasn't like anything like boom, boom, hitting off a checklist or anything like that. That seems fast to me. He adopted the, I mean, he adopted the kids after the election was over. Right, 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 you right, know? right, 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 So, this yeah, so... I don't, I, don't, I don't see any ulterior motives on... Uh, Pete Buttigieg's part. No, no, not ulterior motive. Maybe, maybe naive innocence. You know, you're, this is the first. Is this the first guy he's ever dated? The first guy he's ever been with? Don't know. Do know Probably not. He mean. Don't forget, he did serve in the armed forces. Yeah, but that's no, no, no. The guy who no, they say about men in foxholes. Yeah, yeah. But the man, the man who's hole you fox uh, at that moment. <laughs> It's a totally different thing. It's it's not the same thing. It's there's there's an understanding there. Okay. You know, tell me you you're well. You came out late too. Yeah, I came out when I was twenty seven. Yeah, there's an innocence. I mean, I've been screwing around since I was like what seventeen, eighteen years old. Okay, but so I didn't officially there, come out till right I was twenty seven. The relationship you have with the screwing around people, right? The people who you screwed around with, yeah, who you don't remember their names. Yes, or, I do. Okay, well, because you're an animal, but um, <laughs> I don't. 
So, so you kind of have that agre- agreement that you know when this will never be discussed again, and it's this a gay man straight male agreement. Come on, no, 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 you understand. I had my boyfriends that I would bring to my parents' house, but they didn't know that they were my boyfriend, okay, or anything like that. All right, you know. So you understand. if they or if they did know, they didn't say anything, which was probably more likely. Did you go from relationship to relationship to relationship, or did you whore around both? Okay. <laughs> it's definitely. I probably relationship or 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 relationship or 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 yeah yeah. But then I found. I mean, I gotta say, my relationships. I mean, before Stephen, I was in a relationship for like three years. The last boyfriend before that. So, okay. So I, I had a pretty good track record as far as boyfriends go. It just seems to me that I don't think uh, Steve Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, uh, he's newly gay. Okay, he's in like a, he's in the late. 20s. Well, he's not a gay of our generation. He, he doesn't not. have the background. He doesn't, he doesn't does know. The, not. He doesn't know. Well, he probably knows by now, but he doesn't hasn't experienced the history of oppression that some people of our generation have experienced. He you know? has probably not. Although in Indiana, who knows? Well, uh, yeah, but in Indiana, but he was probably he was deeply in the closet too. I'm yeah, sure that's what I'm saying. Yep. And I don't mean to question him or his motives. I love people to just he's adorable. Chas Chaston is adorable. The kids is everything yeah. about it is adorable. I I would vote for him. But I don't think I'm like what, I don't think I mean I know from people from a grandma perspective. I know people who came out late in life and they were like a kid in a candy store. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he ever did that. I don't think he did. I don't That's think what he I'm questioning. Yes. I find that suspect. <laughs> It's a new way of be, being gay. You don't have to be a big old whore when you first come out. Continue. We now move on to our final segment of the show. Final segment. The grumpy old gay men gripe, gripe of, of the, the week. week. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos, and your fucking boat. But why? You don't know about this? All being, oh, in, uh, Holland, in uh, Amsterdam, you mean, or whatever, Netherlands. They're going to egg him, the Dutch people. Dutch people, they grow tulips. They're going to egg Jeff Bezos' boat. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Jeff Bezos had a ship built in some port in the Netherlands, and the ship is so big that they have to move, they have to basically deconstruct a bridge in order for the ship to leave the harbor. It can't fit out the bridge. And supposedly he's going to pay for it, but people, I think, are kind of up in arms about it, and you know what? I don't blame them. This I, is fucking white rich privilege this, at its worst. The display. Please the, move the world from me so I can get my little toy out. And I'll pay you for it. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it's oh it's great, you can pay for it. We shouldn't have to be doing it in the first fucking place. Because yeah, you were an idiot to build this in a harbor where you couldn't get a goddamn out in the first place. Well don't you now don't you have to blame the ship architects? Or the, is it so massive? I know, but is the, this thing but so the fish massive? stinks from the head down. He should have fucking uh, known. He well, you know they 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 took the offer. The shipbuilders took the offer for this for this boat. Of course, money. They took the money, and I'm sure that they thought that they would be able to do exactly what they're doing. But the dis, the the obnoxious display of wealth that you will deconstruct and then reconstruct infrastructure. For your toys is offensive to me. Yeah. It's offensive to me. I know. It is. 
It is. I, 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 when I read that story, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. Either. I could not believe it. I, I mean, was you're like, bringing the Dutch. You're, you're making the Dutch people angry. This is the happiest place on the earth. Pr- pretty much one of them. <laughs> I mean, come on, that whole the your Dutch, your Netherlanders, your your Hollanders, your they were they were Finland, they're right? Switzerland. They're all the happiest fucking people on earth. They're gonna throw eggs at him. I hope so. I read that in the newspaper. Today. I don't blame them. People, you know, people are fed up with this kind of it's bullshit. And this is this bullshit is, caused by one man, basically yes, by yes, one man. Yes, yeah, and it's and it's feels like he's rubbing it in faces. Yeah, and even if he's not, he is. Yeah, he is. There's no, there's no avoiding it. When you're ta- when you're taking down infrastructure in a city to get your boat through, have you seen that bridge? I have. I saw a picture of it briefly. We're not talking about a step bridge. Oh no, no, no! This is not some little easy bridge. This is some gigantic steel structure. Yeah, uh, and you can see what he has to do. Yeah, you, you know what? But what it is so high off the water. What he has to deconstruct to make way. Yeah, is so high off the water that you say, "How big is this fucking boat?" Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm sorry. It's just it's ridiculous. That's like naval. Yeah. It's just, so, yeah, my gripe is this ostentatious display of wealth where it is now interrupting civic life. Agreed. I'll go with that. Okay. Mine is a little bit more mundane. I'm just, I'm done with February. I hate this fucking month. I really do. I try, I was hoping beginning this month, like, yeah, I'd be okay. It's not going to get to me. And this past week, I started getting anxiety attacks again. I haven't had those for, like, months. And things is going good. Yeah, things were going good. But all of a sudden, I started getting them this week. And I think part of it has been because I've been cooped up, basically, in this house for the most part. You know, this cold weather has not helped at all. It's been, like, you know, below freezing temperatures almost every day. And you're old. And I'm old. Thank and, you for reminding me, fuckface. No, but freezing <laughs> temperatures is serious to the elderly. Oh, fuck you. No, it really is. It really is. As I know that. You should know it. I see it. <laughs> see it all the time. Got to try not to hit them when they're walking in parking lots. But yeah, so I just need this. I need this month. I need this weather. I need. I need to change. Oh, you know. So this is a seasonal disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's annoying. Yeah, you got pills for that? Well, not, well, for the anxiety attacks. Uh, yes, I actually do have medication for that. Oh, yeah. I only take like half of it because it makes me actually very tired feeling. So I don't like taking him really that much. I don't understand. But I'll take, I'll take like if I have an anxiety attack and those like exhaust me out sometimes, and I'll take one after that. Hopefully, so that way I don't have one for the later on. That's the on. wrong way to take those. I pills. know you're supposed to take it before they come on. As I know. you feel it, you take the pill. I know, but you, but me, because they happen so quickly. That's the thing. They happen like all of a sudden. I'll be sitting here, and all of a sudden, I'll just feel like this wave just like come over me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how, how it feels, happens. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it go it lasts from like it lasts anywhere from twenty to thirty seconds. It feels like okay, so you don't even have time to go over and get the pills. The, the pill would make a difference at that. Point. That's why I keep the pills on me. Yeah, but so I don't. Like I said, I I I took one a half one yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was yesterday. I took a half one in the morning and then a half one before I went to bed. 
Okay. And then today I had another anxiety attack when I got up this morning. That's so very, like, yeah. That's very medicinally responsible of you. Yes, because I don't like those kind of pills. I don't really. Like, yeah, I don't like most painkillers like oxycodone. I don't like at all. Oh no, no, not painkillers. Any of those kind of like not, medications like that 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 make me feel different. You know. No, I'm talking about you. I mean, and I'm on plenty of medications for my yeah, my yeah, heart yeah, and yeah, yeah. my surgery and everything. But I'm talking about your Xanaxes, your Ativan. Uh, yeah, I don't take any of that kind of stuff. Oh. I never got into any of that at all, girl. I know. There's so many people I know are on some how kind do of you downer. Sir, how do you get day to day? Well, I was doing good until these anxiety attacks started. But you they actually started. They actually started about two years ago. I yeah, guess. and if you were five years into fucking lorazepam, you wouldn't have had them in the first place. Well, no, it was when I, I haven't felt anything since nineteen ninety nine. Well, when they first happened, I thought when I went to my doctor and I told him about it, he thought I may have an overactive thyroid. So that's why he gave me he gave me separate medication for that. And then for the longest time, I hadn't had any episodes at all. The ones I had this week were the first ones I've had in about seven, eight months, I'd say. You need medication. Uh, well, I have it. I just got to take, learn to take it. But I'm resistant. Every day. I know. How, I know. how was it prescribed? Oh, I only, it was only like a one-time prescription. It's not like something I take every day. Just as take as you need wrong. it. wrong. Oh, my God. You are doing this Because I'm not a pill popper. That's why. Wrong. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. Like, you can't swallow a mouthful of pills and a glass of water once a day. Well, I do, but I swallow each pill separately, and they don't include the pills for uh, anxiety. Because so like I said, on. they make me feel tired. And I have too much... That's I wanna... exactly the point. That's how you get rid of anxiety. But the thing is... Exhaustion. I exhaustion. Yeah, but... <laughs> I have too much to do during the day that I feel... T I don't need to feel tired when I'm doing that. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? I do. When you're in your underwear, you want to be awake and alert. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Yes. Continue on with your show. We now move on to the finale of our show. Okay, the finale. This is always so sad. Always. We hate saying goodbye, don't we? We hate saying goodbye. <laughs> but we love you. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually, goodbye was one of my favorite things. Bye. We always do well. Stephen does long goodbyes. Oh my god! What's the Irish? Typical, yeah, typical Irish goodbye. It takes about an yeah. hour to say goodbye yeah, yeah, to everyone, yeah, yeah. especially with his family. There's like 50 people in yeah, his family. Yeah, yeah. But uh, our episode can be heard on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Audible, and many other podcast providers. We don't need anything beyond that. That's like everybody. That's pretty much all of them, right? Like if you don't if you don't intersect one of those platforms in your life, right? Then what are you doing? I don't know. You can also download our episodes from our website, www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. Also, with each episode, we also post a separate uh segment of uh bonus material in which we put up videos and links concerning the topics that we discuss. Now, when he says we, he means he. Well, yes, but I like to say we, since it's our podcast. Well, you mean you and Stephen. Well, no, actually, it's me. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I do all that part. I do, because I love doing all the research and stuff. You know? Yeah, that's, we know. That's me. I'm a, yeah, I'm a dweeb. We, yeah, we know. <laughs> dweeb is, doesn't cover it. You're three levels into nerd. Thank you. <laughs> You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. We post on there daily. Daily? On daily. Twitter. Daily on Twitter. Yes. 
You have any plans for the weekend, Thomas? I'm going to work this weekend. It's a busy weekend. We got a show opening in one theater. Yes, you have uh, Grumpy, uh, not Grumpy, you have History Boys opening opening at the Madden Studio Theater in Lindenhurst. Come see it. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. In fact, one of our former guests, Bryce Powell, is uh, one of these students, playing one of the students in the the show. History Boys. Yes, he is. And then uh, the other place they got run in, what do you call, guess who's coming to dinner? Yes, yes. I was interested to see, see how that was doing. Yeah. The cast I hear is very strong. Oh, good. Yeah, I saw uh, Rosemary Kurtz is in the cast. Rosemary Kurtz, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's what I'm doing this weekend. Oh, fantastic. What do you do? Yeah, it's fucking wonderful, Patrick. <laughs> it's everything I ever wanted for my life. You're around theater. Isn't Patrick, that enough? Patrick, homeless people are around theater. <laughs> Go ahead. Actually, we have no plans this weekend aside from, I think, maybe dance class. I'm not even sure if it's this weekend or not. Will you come walk my dog? Sure. I just don't want to. Why not? Because I walk him twice a day every day. And it's That's what like, I used to do until this damn cold spell hit us. Well he, well, he gets walked three times a day. Oh, wow. Jesus. I know. My sister does it in the morning. Okay. Now, he gets his, she gets her first walk from me around lunchtime, and then I'll do another one like around, well, now I'll do it around four or five o'clock. In the summer, springtime, I do it around six, seven o'clock. Oh, okay. And, and at the end of the night, you just thought about to pee and go, could you get yeah. done with it? Yep, exactly. Yeah, I can't do that. I know. I say goodbye. Nobody cares. I know. We've been we've been going off on a tangent once again. So on that note, we will say goodbye. We'll see you next week. We should be having some guests on our next episode. Plus, we'll be celebrating a milestone, which I won't reveal at this point. So until our next episode, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you soon. Bye, bitches. Da 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 da